You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young, and I'm here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan, and David Worrell from Fuse Financial Partners. Now, let's talk about business, and let's talk about business in America. Business of America is business, right? And if you're going to start one, you have to know how to manage it so you can stay afloat and even expand. Now, when you're the owner, you're also the CFO, unless you want to hire one to do that job. But really, when you start to to build a business and you're an entrepreneur, you're going to be doing a lot of different positions. And that's where David can come in with Fuse Financial Partners. He is a fractional CFO, someone who can do the work for you when you can't afford to hire a CFO full-time. He can help your business grow. He can help you make more money. And he's joining us on the Brand Builders Podcast to hopefully tell us a few of his secrets, but ultimately to share his story of why his brand can support your brand and ultimately help everyone make more money and and continue to grow. So thank you, David, uh, for joining us on this episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast. Hey, my pleasure. Brian, Scott, great to be here. Thank you so much for the opportunity to talk to you and your guests. I'm excited to see where we can take this uh, conversation. David, thank you for being here, man. Good to see you again virtually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I uh maybe one day we can gather again. We're looking yeah, yeah. forward to it. I can promise you that. Mm-hmm. Um so Brian just gave a one sentence version of what you do, but I'd like to hear you describe what a fractional CFO is. Yeah. Well, uh, first of all, Brian, congratulations. You summed it up very nicely. Thank you. I might uh, I might need some marketing help to do that. <laughs> uh, we've always gone out and said that we make your business more profitable, more sustainable, and more fun. Cuz you know what? Maybe you've seen these statistics. Thirty, uh, sorry, an entrepreneur who builds his own business in his lifetime will make thirty-five percent less money than the guy he lives next door to who works at a real job. So go work for the man, make a bunch of money, start your own business, lose thirty-five percent of your life savings <laughs> overnight. Right? That's a beautiful thing. That's, wow, that's a beautiful thing. <laughs> and a lot more damn headaches. <laughs> it is. It's it's more stressful. It's less it's less fun when you're not making good money. Uh, so I just think that's a really sad state of affairs, and that's the problem that we set out to solve um, by offering fractional CFO and fractional controller and accounting services. So. What that means is, first of all, I'm not a CPA. We don't do taxes. We don't do audits. We don't have green eye shades. And uh, we don't ignore your phone calls in April 12th, you know, when you're calling. So we are management accountants. We have a staff of people with a variety of finance and strategy and planning skills, accounting, you know, from low level, not low level, from accounting, (laughs) from transactional accounting through uh, strategic CFO advice. And we call that an outsourced finance department. But it begins with that concept of fractional CFO. And, and you're right, as an entrepreneur, you wear a lot of different hats. You're called upon to have a lot of different skills. And the one skill that many entrepreneurs are either missing or just simply need a little uh, leg up on is the finances. Not only, you know, how do I keep my books and record things so I know whether I made a profit or a loss at the end of the day. But how do I look forward and plan and what do I measure to know that my business is on the right track for growth? So everything from KPIs and dashboards to planning mergers and acquisitions, we've helped people through joint ventures, 
Uh, and business planning turns out to be a big piece of it. I mean, I, I don't know what portion of your audience is startups. Is that a, are we, do you find that we get a lot of startup people on here or is it more the, uh, more the mature businesses? We do. It's just, just, you know, all entrepreneurs, leaders and different yeah. areas, nonprofits, corporations, government. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, there's yeah, right startups on. in here for sure. All right. Well, so planning and, and projecting and doing uh, early stage fundraising, all of that falls into the role of a CFO. If you can imagine, I mean, pick any big company, Microsoft, right? Microsoft must have a thousand people who work in the finance department. And anytime anybody in the organization has a finance question or problem, they don't go to Google and try to figure this stuff out. They call the finance department. Hey, what interest rate could we get a loan if we wanted to buy some equipment? Hey, we're thinking about buying a building versus leasing an office. Which would be the better decision? Hey, there's a competitor down the street we'd really like to buy. You know, or hey, I can't balance my checkbook. <laughs> right? People in big companies don't do these things themselves. They call the finance department, and that's what we want to be for the small business guy. We want to be the guy you think of first. You call us up with a finance or accounting problem as simple as balancing my checkbook or buying the competition and anything in between. So I want to jump in before we get into like the, 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 the nitty gritty of your business and what you can do specifically for companies. I want to talk about your background. And I think when we talk about accounting and we talk about, you know, money, there's a lot of people that might say, well, how's that accountant going to know how to run a, a concrete business? Or how's that accountant going to know how to run my ice cream shop? You have a very diverse background. Uh, you graduated from the Ohio, the Ohio State University. I got to make Make sure I put the the in the front of that. They're very, uh, that's very important. I watch a lot of Monday Night Football. I know all of them. It's the Ohio State University. But it you is. graduated there and you have a very diverse background, like I mentioned. Um, tell us a little bit about, you know, your career after graduating from, from Ohio State. But how has that kind of grown you into the position that you're in? And also, how does that make you more of a resource for organizations? Because you have dabbled in a lot of different things. And it's not just right out of school. I'm an accountant. I went to school for that. This is what I do. I know numbers. You know business. And I'd love to learn yeah. a little bit more about that. Yeah, thanks. My degree was uh, uh, business and Asian studies. So something that uh, most people don't know about me is that right out of school, I went to live in Japan for three or four years and uh, worked for the first couple of year, first year as an as a exchange teacher. That's the way a lot of kids get over to Japan, and it was a great program. Uh, but then for the last couple of years uh, in a consulting business. And so got to see a lot of different uh, businesses, especially the international side through consulting. And uh, just really back in, in uh, 1995, I guess, and uh, since then, I've run four or five different businesses of my own. Sometimes they're service businesses or, or even uh, creating a product. But uh, as I get older, <laughs> I've really gravitated towards the consulting and the, and the accounting and financial services around starting and running your business. So seen a lot of things. Um, yeah, I'm personally probably not the best guy to run your concrete construction business. <laughs> but, uh, but we have built a team of people who have a real diverse background. And so... Uh, we can help manufacturers, distributors, um, SaaS and, and high-tech businesses, uh, anybody who's got a complex financial life. That's what we set out to, to solve. You know, the guy who's got a, a, a one restaurant or an insurance agency on the corner, his books are pretty simple, man. His his financial life is pretty simple. He, he buys for $10 and he sells for $20 and he puts it in the bank and uh, makes his makes his uh, home happy, but but folks who have a thousand SKUs in inventory or uh, 
Uh, gosh, you brought up construction. That's a huge one with all kinds of moving parts all the time, right? And so those folks I, I consider to have a complex financial life. And the more that you can build a great foundation of bookkeeping and putting the numbers in the right columns and adding them up and measuring things at the, at the end of each week or month or job, uh, the better you can keep that business on the rails and going, going 100 miles an hour. I love that. My uh, my uncle is actually uh, owns a business. It's very similar to yours. I will not uh, mention the name of it, but it's out of Baltimore. And um, I have a lot of conversations with him because he is a what I would consider a serial entrepreneur. But he's been up and he's been down, and and he's been up and he's been down. Um, now since I think since two thousand nine when he started his business, he's been up, right? But he it talks a lot about growing pains, and he always said, you know, if I never went through those growing pains, I never would have started this company, and I never would have been as successful as I am today. So I would love to know what are some of the hard lessons that you learned along the way? Yeah, well, there's no harder lesson than COVID right now, right? I mean, good point. you, you think that you're on track to do, we, we had record months in January and February, and then, uh, man, COVID hit and just just blew our numbers right back down the drain. And uh, so I think you learn to take those things in stride, to roll with it, but also to be a quick thinker. And you gotta, you gotta react quickly. I mean, that's the, that's the one advantage that small business has over bigger businesses is we can pivot on a dime, man. You try to turn Microsoft from being a, you know, whatever they are to something a little bit different. That's hard to do. But she's financial partners. We had a meeting on the, you know, the 18th of March and we said, look, we're not coming into the office anymore. What do we got to do to take care of our people? Uh, our sales are going to go through the floor. We're going to lose 50% of our sales in the next six weeks. What are we going to do to replace them? What's the new normal? What's the new next uh, for the market that we're serving? And we immediately came out with a uh, response that we call DIY CFO. So we said, okay, if, if the market's down, then people are pulling in their horns, right? People are cutting costs everywhere. We were cutting costs. We were we weren't buying um, water service for the office anymore. We weren't uh, buying extra software that we didn't really need. We had cut all of these expansion projects just off at the, off the knees and said, let's just hunker down and save some money. So uh, DIY CFO was meant to go down market a little bit to make our services available for a little bit less of a price than, than we were providing in person. So we created a complete online uh, offering. It's a class, really, an online masterclass, we call it, around financial topics, beginning with the PPP. So, uh, I mean, obviously, PPP is like the best marketing opportunity in the world, right? It's free money, and everybody wants to talk about free money. And everybody's <laughs> worried about it because we can't believe that the government's going to actually give us money for free. I mean, when has that happened, right? <laughs> Never. So, so we started this entire brand, DIY CFO. Uh, around the PPP. We now offer completely automated online classes around PPP, as well as uh, augmenting that with consulting services, flat rate, something we've never done before, you know, low cost, $500 flat rate service to take you from A to Z, really tightly packaged. And um, yeah, very successful right out of the gate. First first month, we've got 150 customers signed up for our uh, package. We've generated a mailing list of over 25,000 people. Uh, we've got Facebook ads running and, and doing videos and that sort of thing. So really interesting concept in to you guys, uh, branding, right? I mean, you see over here, this is this is Fuse, CFO, my, my main core brand. And we've also we've now launched uh, DIY CFO. Let me show you that one here. I'm going to put 
to switch it up a little bit. How about that? So we're now in DIY CFO. You can see the branding colors are the same. The little logos are the same. But just twisting it enough to say, hey, let's go down market and adapt and find something new that, that more people can uh, resonate with. That's pretty sweet. DIY CFO. I mean, I... <laughs> That like those are the stories, and and we uh we work with a group called the Bolt Group, and they just did a uh, a series on innovation during COVID, and it is fascinating how many companies have looked at this as an opportunity, but look at it as a way like I can really support my community by coming up with something that might not have been needed in February, yeah. but now it is yeah. right, and like DIY CFO, it, you know, back in the fall, somebody's probably like. Why would I want a DIY CFO? You know, like I'm going right. to outsource that. But now things have completely changed and you provided a service that clearly has worked. And one of the things that I wanted to jump in with you is um, you share a lot of your secrets. And I know, you know, there's a lot of companies out there that they that it's hush hush and it's, you know, we, this is ours and we have secret meetings and you're never going to meet the engineers that designed this and all those different things. Right. But you're not that way. Um, you've had over 300 published articles. You have a book called The Entrepreneur's Guide to Financial Statements. If you go on your website, uh, fewcfo.com, there is amazing content. If you own a business, you need to go check this out. It is, it is, there's a lot of free stuff that will be great reads for you. But you know, just tell me, what is your mindset around that? And, and how, how does it, being a, CF, or being a, a CEO of a business, how can you provide that selfless type of information without thinking you're giving away the secret sauce? You know, what a world we live in right now where information is available at your fingertips. So let me tell the story about going back 20 years. I, I learned sales from the Sandler sales system. And Sandler, lots of people will know that. It's a big brand and it's still a great system. But one of their early tenants was, don't spill your candy in the lobby. <laughs> Have you ever heard that? <laughs> don't spill your candy in the lobby. So the, the, the candy is your secret sauce, all of your knowledge, everything that you're good at. And if you spill your candy too early in the sales process, the customer is going to eat all your candy and then he doesn't need you, right? He's taking all your value early on and then he's not going to play. Somewhere around 1999, man, that completely changed. Everything changed when the internet disintermediated things and made level the playing field for all kinds of, of services. And now, to you know, they don't have to call you for candy. They can Google, tell me about candy. <laughs> mm -hmm. So when they Google, tell me about candy, do they want, do you want your customer to find someone else who's giving their candy away for free or do you want them to find you? And as you go down that path and you think through this, you realize, okay, they're Let's not use candy. That's dumb. But they're uh, they're trying to fix their toilet, right? They're googling for a plumber. How do I fix a toilet? You can tell them how to fix their toilet. But how many of those people are actually going to fix their own toilet, right? They're going to look at this, and you're going to show them a video of exactly how to do it. But nine out of ten are not going to fix their own toilet. They're going to call you because now they trust you as the source of good information. They've seen that you can fix a toilet. They saw a video of you doing it. So, God, I've, I've just completely reversed my thinking on this spill your candy thing. I give it all away because you know what? If you're going to do it yourself, you were never really my customer anyway. And if you're not going to do it yourself, you're going to call me because now you know, like, and trust me because you've seen my face. And that's why, I, you know, I love doing podcasts and everything else, because we build a real bond with people just by seeing their face, whether it's on TV or uh, listening to a podcast or what, you know, 
how close do you feel to, um, I don't know, Judy Woodruff on the news or Shaquille O'Neal because you see him on TV every week, right? You're like, oh, yeah, I know everything there is to know about Shaquille. He's great. And if he wanted to come to your birthday party, you know you'd invite him. (laughs) (laughs) So it doesn't matter that we're not even in person anymore. It never really has mattered. What matters is you build that relationship by being generous with information, by being generous with ideas, by being a thought leader, and by putting your face and your voice and your name and your content out there for people to consume. We're in a we're in an information consumption society now. You got to be part of it or you're just going to get left behind. That's really good feedback. Do you have an actual target market or are you kind of diversified in in the folks that you work with and in the industries you work in? Well, I'm not as disciplined as I'd like to be about focusing on my target. Um, DIY is sorry, DIY is very clearly uh, down market a little bit. We've got everybody from nail salons to uh, multi-million dollar manufacturers who have called us and said, let's talk about PPP. But uh, the core business of Fuse, we always said our perfect customer was the owner of a $5 million business who wanted to grow to be a $20 million business, right? So uh, in fact, we we did that exercise that maybe you know about called uh, building your your ideal customer avatar. And uh, we said they are 35 to 50 years old, probably female, which is really interesting because I think that women ask for help more often than men. They just have an easier time. You know, I don't know what the stats are and how many women own small businesses, but I will tell you our clients are over, women are overrepresented in our client base because they're so much easier to work with and they're so willing to ask for help and they take advice so much more willingly. And um, yeah, I I love working with women business owners for all those reasons. But uh, anyway, 35 to 50, probably female, but of course not exclusively. Uh, $5 million business up to about 50 and somewhere around between 25 and $50 million, depending what industry you're in, you develop your own finance department. You hire a full-time CFO. You've got a VP of finance and three or four or five bookkeepers and controllers and accountants. So yeah, our, our market, our niche is uh, the, we go down to zero. We've got some business planning clients, the one and $2 million firms up to 30, 40, 50, but the bullseye is that $5 million guy who really wants to grow. Do you have a team that goes in and actually has a chair and seat in these businesses? Are you all basically remotely and just, Hey, when we need something, we could call you, but also working in the background, making things happen. Yeah, today it's much more remote, of course, but um, but when we started, um, I guess it's probably 60 or 80 percent of our customers do like to see our faces and have asked us to come in and sit down at a desk that they call the accounting desk. And there's a stack of papers waiting for you when you get there. Oh, I bet that's that sort of <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So especially on the bookkeeping side, there is a rhythm that you get into for good bookkeeping, right? Accounting should be happening every day or at least every week. And so uh, sitting down at a desk and feeding that rhythm is important. CFOing eh, tends to be a little more loose and virtual and and lumpy in terms of time commitment things. So uh, we didn't have any problem converting to the new realities of COVID and being 100% remote. yeah, because everything's moved that direction and, and we've moved that direction with technology over the last two or three years. It wasn't just COVID, but things have moved from QuickBooks desktop and big, heavy accounting software packages 
to QuickBooks Online and these light, fluffy, cloud-based things where you can give me access to your books. Shoot, you know, I'm now doing books for people in Barcelona and London and San Francisco because it's all QuickBooks Online-based, frankly. Wow. Global, baby. That's what Global. we're doing. Love it, love it. So I want to talk a little bit about uh, your success. You seem to be like someone that that runs the an organization like a leader where everybody in your team, they get the success and, and, and you just seem like somebody that would be a, a great person to work for. I love Scott. Obviously I'm not leaving, but the reality is, is you seem like you're a leader that you don't, you don't want to take all the credit, but I do want to put or give you the credit where the credit is due. Um, you have in your organization have won the fast 50 award five times, which is incredible. You have also been, uh, or have won Charlotte top 50 entrepreneur award from the business leader magazine you know, when you get an award like this, what does it mean to you? And ultimately, you know, what's your secret to be able to achieve and win these awards year after year? Uh, well, so so interestingly, I'll I got to tell you the the five times that we've been in, that I've been in past fifty have been with three different companies, and so I think I'm learning as I get a little bit older that my strength is really at the beginning, right? DIY CFO went from zero to what are we at? I don't know, three or four hundred thousand dollar run rate in two months. So I'm I'm pretty good at that ramp up. I'm not so sure how good I am at the long game. <laughs> so uh, so I haven't ever kept a business for ten or twenty years and been able to say, yeah, I'm in the fast fifty every year for twenty years. That would be that would be something completely beyond my imagination. Uh, but I, I'm also learning it does take really great. You got to surround yourself with really great people, and you got to be open and honest and willing to work to, to let them do their work and to let them contribute. Um, we've started using EOS. I know I'm sure a lot of your folks will know the, the entrepreneur operating system and a book called Traction. Um, <clears throat> I, honestly, I don't love EOS. I don't even think it's a very good book, but, but I do like the philosophy of having a leadership team and involving your leadership team in lots of different decisions and pushing responsibility down. And I'll tell you, uh, you know, I, I started off today by telling you we want you to be more profitable, sustainable, and have more fun as a business owner. Nothing will help you be more sustainable and have more fun than delegating authority down to a strong leadership team. If I need to go on a three-week vacation right now, I have no doubt that when I come back, my business will be better <laughs> than when I left, <laughs> right? Because there's four or five strong in a big organization, you'd call them middle managers. We're very flat, but there's a strong leadership team uh, who can pick right up and carry on and keep solving the day-to-day -day problems of the business. So that sustainability, does the business run without you? And are you free enough to have fun in your business? Completely relies on, in my mind, building a strong leadership team, being transparent, letting them know what the real problems in the business are so that they can solve them for you. And you don't just put them in your gut and lay awake at night worrying about all the problems of the business. You know, I, I have problems, but I know that Patrick's working on it and Jessica's working on it. And when I come to the leadership team meeting next Monday, we're going to have some solutions and it'll get taken care of. So yeah, I think, I think open and honest communication and strong team building is so important, not just for the success of the business, but for, for your own sanity and life and enjoyment and, and ability to prosper. Very much so. Uh, well said, for sure. And you also teach 
Man, you, you've got all kinds of things going on. Uh, I'm an old guy. That's all. It's so old. <laughs> a lot of wisdom to share at this point. Okay. Well, does all being right. in the classroom, does that keep you fresh with the younger generations and uh, their insight on business and kind of uh, also maybe some good recruiting opportunities? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's been a while since I've been in, actually in front of a, a physical class. Uh, that was in uh, on the West Coast. I lived in Monterey and San Jose in the Silicon Valley area. And I, I talked at the Monterey Institute of International Studies, which is a, a pretty nice MBA school there. And they had just great students. And we were using them in my business out there. We were using them as interns and, and entry level employees. Uh, I love teaching, man. I, you know, if, if, have you ever asked yourself, what is your real superpower? And and are you in the right, not just the right business or industry, but are you in the right role in your company based on your own personal superpowers? I, my personal superpower has nothing to do with finance or accounting or CFOing or any of that crap. My personal, <laughs> did I just call my work crap? <laughs> you did. Don't get fired. <laughs> yeah, come on now. <laughs> Edit that. Uh, no, man, my, my superpower is communication. I can take really complicated stuff and boil it down and make it fun to listen to and easy to understand and actionable for a business owner. And I did that with my book. I do that with classes. I'm, we're doing that now with the DIY online stuff. And so that's what I really enjoy. And I get in the zone and I get a little buzz when I am working on explaining something to somebody else in a way that they're going to end up with a skill that they take with them for the rest of their lives. And there's nothing more fun than teaching accounting, which is like the worst, most horrible, awful, boring subject in the world. And then you teach it to somebody and you see the light go on and they're like, oh my God, that's so important to my business that I, I, I've been neglecting this because I didn't understand it at all. And now I get it. And now I can use this tool to go out and make my business bigger, better, stronger, faster. Man, that, that's cool. I get a buzz off that for sure. Love that. So does part of your, like the whole CFO thing, would it, essentially be a full service gamut, you know, like actually doing invoicing, sending invoicing, collecting money, but also the planning and, and all the other things that you mentioned. Yeah. And that's why we have a team of 10 people, right? So we go in there. When we first started, we were just fractional CFOs. There were just four partners. And we thought we were all smart, old guys who were just going to charge $300 an hour to think, right? We're just going to be here to do the fun stuff. And we would parachute into these companies, sometimes big companies, 20, 30, 50 million dollar businesses. And we'd say, well, we should probably start by looking at your financial statements. Can you show us your balance sheet, please? And their eyes just went, what? And then literally I had the largest veterinarian in Charlotte tell me, son, we don't use a balance sheet. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Actually, they said, we don't have a balance sheet. <laughs> and I said, well, I know what you mean. You know, you don't use it every day. You probably have ignored it, but every business has a balance sheet. And for your audience who's not accountants, a balance sheet exists on day one. It is a picture of your finances, right? Where are we at? How much money is in the bank? How much do I owe on my credit card? Those things are should appear on your balance sheet. Turned out this guy had just neglected it for so long that, uh, yeah, he was missing it completely. And when we finally showed him his balance sheet, it was wrong. It said that he owed the government $300,000 and he had overpaid his American Express by $700,000 and all kinds of crazy oh stuff. Oh, wow. $700,000. You're talking about staying up at night. Bro, that's a, <laughs> a million dollars. Like, what? Right? Well, he didn't actually, none of that stuff was true. Right, right. It's just that because he'd been doing his books wrong for so long, years and years and years, 
that the balance sheet was all screwed up. And so as a result, he couldn't make good decisions about his business because he couldn't get the right numbers out of his balance sheet. So I don't remember where we started. Oh, we started to talk about different skill sets, right? Right. So yes, we go out as a outsourced finance department now. Okay. That show me your financials didn't work. So we know we had to bring accountants with us to do the financials. And so that's what we do now. We have accountants, we have controllers, we have CFOs, we have strategy guys, and we hit it as a team, giving you any piece or part that you need to solve your finance problems. I love it. I, you know, I, I, um, I talk about like an accounting and taxes and, you know, I, that is not my, that is like over here, right? That's not me. So if I had my own business, I'd be like, yes, please help me out here. Um, but I think it's kind of cool because what you just mentioned is, is, you know, you want to take that burden off of their, uh, off of their table, right? Like we always talk about, you know, when we're working with companies, I want you to be able to focus on your job. I want you to be able to focus on your business. I want you to be able to focus on what you're good at. Let us take the branding aspect of your life off the table. We will be challenged with coming up with new ideas. We will be challenged with following trends. We will be challenged with challenging you on ways that we think will be a better opportunity or better way to brand your product. And I think that's kind of the solution that I brought. Now, it's so fascinating that you pivoted completely during COVID and now you've provided that DIY, but that's awesome as well. Because there's a lot of people now that can't afford that. And then, and when they are looking at their balance sheet and maybe, you know, the big CFO or bringing in a, a more expensive outsourced unit, that just doesn't work. Um, so I, that's really, you guys are very nimble. I, I love how you guys have, have jumped into that. And I also love what you mentioned about communication. Um, when you talk about teaching, you talk about all of the published articles, you talk about all of the information that you put out on your website. I mean, we're in a world now where you're just infatuated with information. There's so much information out there. It's like overwhelming. Yeah. But you've actually provided some really, really good stuff and, and it's consistent. So cheers to that. Um, before we kind of wrap this up, I want to jump into, you know, just you in general. Um, tell us about, you know, what do you do for fun? Um, it's always interesting to talk to CEOs and business owners and, and, and like, what do you do when you're not thinking about accounting? That's rough, man. I feel like such a one-dimensional person sometimes. And and that's probably exaggerated during COVID because we're just sitting inside doing, <laughs> doing right. nothing now, right? Uh, yeah, I, I used to love to travel. Um, I, I've seen, I don't know, 25 or 50 different countries around the world. And, uh, you know, I love the cultural experience of getting immersed in someplace like Japan. Um, I just haven't been able to do that. And the more I the more entrepreneurial I get, the more single focused I get on business. So I'm becoming a little one-sided. Um, well, we need to get you some hobbies then. <laughs> I need a hobby. You know, I need a damn hobby. Or, or I need to start another business. Yeah, there you go. That, I think <laughs> that's what he's actually getting at. Write he's, another he's, book. He's ready to win another fast fit. We'll, yeah. hey, we'll call it the Charlotte Business Journal. We'll let him know that you're about to, to, to pivot into a new business <laughs> and to be ready. We'll, uh, we'll help you out on those awards as well. I do have one quick question I wanted to ask you. You know, I think in, uh, and this might be, in, and don't answer it if you don't want to, but living in Japan and being exposed, or, or I would say having the opportunity to go to 50 different countries, you have a very good perspective of what the world is and how certain countries can be different. Do you think that we're living in a time where we're either being overexposed via social media or underexposed via the ability to travel, where there's certain people that are so selective in their own thought process and they don't really take the whole globe into perspective, right? And I, I don't know if I have an exact question there, but I'm always fascinated. My mother-in-law and father-in-law lived 
in like 35 different countries. They didn't live in America for over 15 years. They were in Australia. I mean, they've been everywhere. Um, they Afghanistan was one, which was insane, right? Like, but to me, they have a very, very, very good grasp on not only how happy they are that they're in America, but ultimately what other people go through. And I think there's just a lack of that right now. And I would love to understand where you come from and what are your thought processes and and I don't even know if I have a question. I'm just rambling no, on I, now. <laughs> I know your question. I know exactly what your question is, man. So, so first of all, it's really sad in my eyes that the term globalist or international or whatever has kind of it's picked up some negative connotations from some parts of our political spectrum that just don't respect that in for some reason. And I will tell you, no matter what your politics, the truth is. We are all so interconnected at this point that, you know, a, a guy sneezes in Tokyo and the stock market in New York goes up or down because of it. And it's, uh, yeah, travel to me has been one of the most enlightening and personality forming or character forming experiences. And I, I encourage everybody to see a couple of foreign countries, even if it's just for a, a couple of weeks between high school and college or over a summer break or something, if you can get to Australia, if you can get to London, if you can get to Paris, your eyes are going to be opened in a way that, that that will change you forever and changes your perspective on the world and makes it so much smaller. You know, this is the, the one thing that's going on in the world today is fear, right? And we're always afraid of what we don't know. So God, open your eyes and get on an airplane, not now, <laughs> later, <laughs> and go see the things that you don't know, because you're always going to be afraid of the unknown. Pick out a couple of places and, and learn how other people live and different things. And not only will it build your character, but I'll tell you what, this is a business show, man. There are amazing business opportunities abroad. Quick story is, while I was living in Japan, I saw these, <clears throat> they call them ginky drinks, which means healthy drinks, you know. And they were packaging them up in two and three and five ounce bottles like this. And they were heavy on vitamin B12. And uh, some of them had nicotine in them. Some of them had all kinds of these like mild stimulants and vitamins and stuff. And I tasted one because all the, the rage. I mean, every store had a rack of these next to the checkout counter. And the famous Japanese overworked salaried uh, employees were drinking these by the dozen to stay awake and work all night long. I tried one tasted like cough syrup. It was like, oh, I can't believe I just put that in my mouth. But, and so I said, this will never work in America. This stuff is stupid. Why, who would drink this crap? And within two years of me coming back to the United States, Red Bull brought exactly the same thing and put it in a five ounce can and sold the shit out of it, right? <laughs> so I looked at it in Japan and said, that's crazy crap. And somebody else looked at it in Japan and said, I can sell that in America and made a billion dollars on it. Wow. So. Uh, you know, travel not only broadens your horizons for culture and personal character building, but it also is an amazing business opportunity to see what's going on, work between cultures, and learn a language that would open up a whole new market for you or find a new product that is going to revolutionize the way we do business in the United States. Do you ever wake up in the middle of the night and go, damn, I wish I enjoyed that drink? <laughs> like those would have been Mr. We, we, we would have been we would have been rolling that's like one of the <laughs> pretty sure we wouldn't be having this conversation yeah. right now we'd be, it, we'd be it, talking about Red Bull yeah, be like right. damn <laughs> <laughs> totally different well awesome. uh, David before we let you go what is the best way for people to get in contact with you get in contact with your business 
Yeah. Hey, David at FuseCFO.com is real easy. I'll even put the Fuse banner back up there, but uh, David at FuseCFO.com or FuseCFO.com is our website, of course. And uh, yeah, happy to speak with anybody. My phone number is 704-614-2701. I made the mistake of putting that number on a YouTube video about a month ago. <laughs> don't do that. Yeah. That's just my advice. Don't do that. <laughs> do not do that. Well, that's, that's awesome. awesome. Well, yeah. David, thank you so much for joining us on the uh, on the Brand Builders podcast. Congratulations for for all the businesses that you've um, that you've created, that you've sold off. Uh, and and it's 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 so inspiring to have people like you in our community um, that are always looking for the next step, always looking to how can we improve not only our own business, but you've helped so many other businesses as well. So please, if you are, are listening, like, share, comment, go check out uh, Fuse Financial Partners uh, at FuseCEO.com. Uh, uh, CFO. 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 I said CEO. Wow. Yeah. Don't do that. That's it. That's his next business where he will actually go. run everything. I'm just kidding. Um, so Fuse CFO. And again, thank you, David, so much for joining us on the Brand Builders Podcast. All right, Brian Scott. Been a pleasure. Thank Talk you, David. That was awesome. You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.